Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Have they become not just demigods, but have they become idols? 
Have they become our spiritual replacements or the new symbols of spirituality? So that's what we're going to be talking about at the bottom of the hour. Y'all pray with me. Matter of fact, we're going to pray just a second. Uh, but y'all pray with me. There's toothache. I'm a, oh, boy. <sighs> uh, and, I, and I have a dentist appointment uh, later on this month because I got to get a root canal, and I'm not looking forward to that at all. <laughs> But I'd rather have a root canal to deal with this pain that I'm dealing with right now. Y'all can give me some. If you got good suggestions, I'll take those too. If you if you want to give me that, um, I know um, I've had the apple cider vinegar, and that has I had acids and that helped. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, I just been popping these pain pills to try to keep. <laughs> Y'all don't don't talk about me too bad. But anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer, Father. We thank you for the day. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from our righteousness. Let the words of our mouth and meditations of our heart be acceptable in our sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. So there's a lot I want to try to, come, try to get to uh, in addition to talking about the book of Jesus. Uh, I hope everybody had a happy Easter. I, I, I hope everybody had a wonderful Easter celebration. I don't know. We didn't do a lot here. Uh, the kids had the Easter egg hunt. Uh, we did our Christmas, our Easter play uh, on Palm Sunday. So so not as to take up a lot of time with the speeches and plus communion. First Sunday is always busy Sunday anyway. That's long service. But, <clears throat> but anyway, we had we had a good time, and I hope you all had a good time. As we are now approaching the season of Pentecost. As we prepare for the next forty days, fifty days to um, to uh, get ready to get ready to celebrate his Christ's ascension into heaven. Of course, you know, forty days after he <coughs> after he had risen from the dead, he walked among his people for about forty days, and then he ascended into heaven. And he sits at the right hand of the Father, stands at the right hand of the Father. You know, the scripture says, one says he stands, one says he sits. I don't know. He's up there. That's all that matters. <laughs> Advocating for us on our behalf. So that's a good thing. And then, of course, we get to uh, the Pentecost, 50 days hence. So we're looking forward to that, and I hope everybody had one. But we, you know, last week I talked about these over-the-top Resurrection service, Easter service Sundays, you know, Easter Sunday services. And there were several that I read through during the week, last couple of days, and of course. Everybody wants to be able to put on a big production, and there's nothing wrong with that. But here in our fair city of Jackson, Mississippi, uh, one church was kind of disappointed <clears throat> in that they, uh, the local church had booked a conference center here that's sponsored or owned by the uh, University Medical Center, the University of Mississippi Medical Center. They have a conference center that they uh, apparently have, they usually rent out. And so uh, this church wanted to use their facilities, booked the facilities, and found a disappointment. Here's the story. Pastor Roderick Richardson, who is an acquaintance of mine here in Jackson, who is the pastor of the Word Center Church here in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, 
uh, has a small building. I've been to his church. I've been to his service, and you know it's a very small building. As a matter of fact, it's right around the corner from our Episcopal district offices. Office, and so he estimated that he was going to have a big crowd for for Easter, and I, he was pretty much correct. I went to one of his uh, New Year what New Year's Eve service and morning service. He has three services, right? And says that his building where he he, he houses his worship center, worship experience, only sits about 275, maybe 300 people, if that. And according to the story article, he has about 1,200 members. <clears throat> so he was looking to have a larger space for everyone. He contacted the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and uh, they booked their conference center, or whatever space that is that they have, for the service, only to be disappointed a week before the service, where they canceled. The university canceled the church's service. And this, the reason that the university gave was that the facility is reserved for medical and health-related organizations only. And the person who booked should not have booked that because they have a very strict policy it's in place. Everyone who should have known should have known. And anyway, he signed the contract in January, and by March, uh, right before Palm Sunday, they were sold. They would not be able to host it. And it wasn't because they weren't Christians. It wasn't because it was a church. It was only because <clears throat> it was only because they uh, they they reserved the right. To refuse the service if they are not a health-related organization. I try to get Pastor Richardson on, but he has a very, very busy schedule. So we'll probably uh, get back together, uh, try to get him on on the show later on if we can do it. But anyway, his response was UMMC told him that um, UMMC, the con- the conference center, was not conducive to have a service for them to have a service at that facility, and it was because they were not. You know, health related. Um, and because it was not health related, it was not compliant with their policy. So that was that was up. Now the good news is they still had the service. They uh, uh, I've forgotten where they had the service, but they were able to have a service. And it was no, you know, no backing now. This made national headlines. Uh, the story I'm getting it from is from Fox News. So it wasn't discriminating because they were a church. It uh, was because of the policy that was not followed, and you got to get Cuba. Um, you got to give kudos to Pastor Richardson for uh, modeling, modeling um, the love of Christ, and not fighting, and not suing, and not any, uh, you know, ranting and raving. Even though it's brought his church national attention, uh, he is yet to say anything. Say anything uh, abnormal or uh, bad regarding, and who knows? Next year he may be at the Jackson Convention Center. Who knows? I'm not prophesying. It's possible, you know, if they book it in less <laughs> early enough, and because he's drawing national attention, I'm quite sure that a lot more people in Jackson will probably be joining his church. As a matter of fact, I believe they did have several conversions, and several uh, dozen people joined the church as a result of the Christian the Easter service. In a way, so it didn't stop the service, didn't stop what they were doing, and 
It looks like he even added on to the show, to his church. Not to his show, but to the church. So it is what it is. Thank goodness. Uh, thank God for that. Now, anyway, so uh, I don't think he had some big flamboyant program plan. He may have. I don't know. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, so, that's the Easter thing. Golly, this toothache is really giving me, man. I'm waiting for this. Wait, I'm really waiting for this to just kick in. I've taken it minutes ago, and I, it, once it kicks in, you know, I, I'm fine. But it's been hard. To, I, it was hard for me to eat breakfast this morning. That's just how painful it is. And any one of you who had a toothache, I'm sure you identify with it. So, it is what it is. All right, so that's that's the little startup news for the day. Now, um, you know, I, 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 I've I've been watching this preachers of L.A. thing. I mean, <laughs> L.A. <laughs> preachers of Detroit, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say. Part of me tries to put myself in this. You know, if they ever did a preachers of Jackson. And I was asked to be a part of the cast. You know, part of me wonders, would I accept it? What would I allow? You know, I i don't even think people would watch my life. My life is pretty boring. I don't really do anything except for go to church and go home. Go to the office, the church, go home, do my radio show. You know, I guess the, the, the drama would be if, you know, if I publicly dated. Maybe, maybe that would add a little drama. Being a single preacher, uh, like the um, the Reverend Bullard, 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 Bullock, I think that's anyway. Being a single preacher, you know, he draws a lot of attention. Um, but the the way the church, well, the way the characters and the cast uh, are being portrayed. Last last episode, uh, the Clark sister, Dorinda Clark Cole, opened up about her depression. And it was a very moving scene. Very, maybe I'm behind. I, I don't know if it was episode seven, eight, nine. I don't know. I'm just catching up. But what what I saw saw there was not just a woman who was trying to open up. Maybe it was for the you know producers told her she needed to talk about it. But what I saw again is the issue of the mental health for not only just black person but black preachers is still seriously not being addressed. There was a clip uh from one of the episodes of uh Bishop Coletta Vaughn and her family having a counseling session with a licensed professional counselor. Except during the counseling session, Bishop Vaughn literally usurped the role from my perspective, usurped the role of the counselor, so that she almost exempted herself from the counseling, and particularly when it came, the issue came up between of, about the 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 dissident relationship between her and her husband. You know, she she jumped in there and did not allow the counselor to really, from my perspective, maybe it was wrong, didn't allow the counselor to really do his job, and because the counselor couldn't do his job, more tension was created. And I don't believe it really was resolved. It may have gotten resolved on camera, but you know, my training as 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 a therapist, I, I was watching the show and I was like, how 
how could that therapist lose control? And maybe because you know Bishop is the is the bishop, and she's on the show, he's on camera. Maybe he was kind of forced to be restrained, restrained in his you know full occupation, you know occupation, because you know it was more leading than anything. And he was agreeing with the bishop instead of taking authority and being in you know, leadership of the session. And I, that kind of disappointed me because, you know, that, that's that's what happens. A lot of times when preachers, including myself, I've done this. When we receive counsel, or we know we need counsel and, and we don't need the goobly group, spiritual boobly bloop. We need sound therapy, you know, psychological examination or therapy. We tend to put ourselves into the place and we can't, we don't allow ourselves to be really transparent and uh, uh, we don't make ourselves really engaged in our own suffering. We distance ourselves. We try to we try to differentiate. We, well, we have not, we do not differentiate the preacher from the person. And I, I find in myself oftentimes that I, 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 the preacher is always present. Uh, that is the role of the preacher. That is the the uh, mind of the preacher, and, and the sound of the preacher is always present. So that the person known as Lorenzo rarely gets to be uh, exposed, and that's not a good thing. But it is what it is. Anyway, so I uh, if you have watched it. Watch it. You might have some. I have. I still have issues with these shows, and they're about to roll out the preachers of Atlanta. And I'm telling you, I already know Atlanta is Atlanta is a city that has more than enough preachers with more than enough drama. And if L.A. was good, I'm sure. Atlanta, and they got enough millionaire preachers there, just like they do in L.A. and in Detroit. And matter of fact, there are talks that um. The um, what's that guy? One of the singers, Montel Jordan, has been asked to participate. Montel Jordan, if you're familiar, you know he's the singer. This is how we do it. <laughs> oh boy, y'all can tell this payment is kicking in. Uh, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be sober. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, just kidding. Um, so Montel Jordan has allegedly been asked to uh to participate in the preachers of Atlanta. And I w- I was just trying to figure out, you know, who else could actually who else could actually be a, a part of this show. Now, we already know Creflo Dollar's out. Eddie Long might be out cuz that's too controversial unless they're trying to uh, unless they focus in on he and his wife and you know the struggles they're going through, and they you know they had to bring up all the stuff that happened. Um, what? How long has it been? About five years ago now. And you know he's been really quiet over the last five years, four and a half, five years. He's been very quiet because uh, he he has scandal after scandal after scandal since that that time. And um, I think it's, he still has thousands of members. It's not twenty five thousand, but it's probably about ten to twelve. You know, if that much. But there are others. There's um, there's the pastors of the Travis Rest. 
um, Dr. Um, E. Dewey Smith. I think I got his name right. Uh, there is uh, the pastor of, ooh, that's a lot of, Oliver, I think his name. Craig Oliver, I think that's his name. I can't think of it. It's, it's Elizabeth City Church or St. Elizabeth Baptist Church, something. Some with Elizabeth Baptist Church. Uh, and, and then there's the openly homosexual, openly gay, and uh that's the one if you if you <laughs> there was a there was a video that went viral of him on New Year's Eve riding a horse through the sanctuary. And <laughs> now that would be interesting. That would be that would create an interesting dynamic. Uh and then you think about every one of these, the last two installments, L.A. and um, Detroit, only have one white preacher. So who would be the white preacher? <laughs> what, what about Andy Stanley, who is the son of Dr. Charles Stanley of In Touch Ministries and First Baptist of Atlanta? Um, now the question is, would they have um, more Protestant, mainline Protestant, like the A.M.E.? Uh, who's good AME preachers down there? I, I, oh boy, I can tell you, there's a lot. There's a lot of good AME preachers down there in uh, Atlanta. What about CME? What about United Methodists? What about um, there's some good Seven Day Adventist pastors down there. What you know? Would they be inclusive? Because most of these others are you know non-denominational, Pentecostal-oriented type of churches. And you know, would they would they incorporate? Other, you know, mainline Protestant denominations and pastors, and who would be the female pastors? You know, there's a if uh, now preachers of Detroit have two female cast members. Who would be the female cast members? Cast member if they would have them. Just stuff I was wondering about. Uh, you know, it makes no sense. I know. Just just think about that. And I got one more thing before we could take a break, and I, I didn't mean didn't intend to go over time like this, but I I don't know if you're familiar with this show, uh The Preacher's Daughters. Preacher's Daughters is a um is it a lifetime show? It's one of those it's either lifetime or um uh A and E. You know it's one it's one of those shows where um the daughters of the preachers are, are highlighted, and they, you know, party it out. Preacher's Daughters of Season 3. And I watched a clip on YouTube, and these girls are wilding, wilding out. And I'm not just talking about, I'm not just talking about, you know, they just, you know how they say about preacher's kid, the worst kind of kid. These girls... These girls are uh, partying, getting drunk on camera, and they're embarrassed. If they are, if I was their daddy, they you know, they wouldn't be on the show like that to begin with. But uh, they're on the show like they're on the show. Apparently, it's the third season. I caught part of the first season uh, some years ago, and I thought they canceled the show. I didn't know it was continued. But it's just ridiculous how they're allowing themselves to embarrass the. Uh, Or what, or how they allow themselves to be embarrassed on the show like that? I, I don't know. 
just makes no sense to me. Makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but look, I'm gonna take a quick break. I really ran over my time. On the bottom of the hour, we're gonna do a quick tribute to. We're gonna talk about uh, Dr. C. Gardner uh, Taylor, wonderful man of God who passed away, and then we'll get into uh, our socket of the day. Uh, back concept of God. So we're gonna take a break. We'll be back right after this. Quicksilver cashback card from Capital One. It's not the limit to cash I earn every month card. It's not that I only earn decent rewards at the gas station card. It's the no games, no signing up, everyday rewarding, kung fu fighting, silver lightning in a bottle, bringing home the bacon cashback card. This is the Quicksilver card from Capital One. Unlimited 1.5% cashback on every purchase, everywhere, every single day. So ask yourself, what's in your wallet? Hey, what are you doing today? I'm backing up the computer. Photos, work files, you name it. Lovely. See you in a few hours. Hmm. Did you get everything backed up? Took care of it. For just $59.99 a year, Carbonite backs up your irreplaceable files automatically, so you don't have to. Try it for free at Carbonite.com. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. It was the best day. It was the best day. We make a great pair. Great pair. Progressive and the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right. Totally. Uh, that's what I was thinking. All kinds of vehicles, all kinds of savings. Multi-policy discounts from Progressive. Call or click today. How much money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen, who needs to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday. And with four teenagers at home... We were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six-figure income, and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. 
This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit Incomeathome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and I am halfway sober. <laughs> I can feel this pain medicine finally kicking in, so I might be able to make it through the rest of the show, but if I tell you, man, toothache, toothache is nothing nice, and I know y'all know that. If you ever had one, nothing nice, but I'm managing. But anyway, so uh, this this hour... Uh, this segment, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, this new book that's out that's called The Book of Jesus. And, you know, it is it is it is what it is. I don't want to get too much into it because uh, I, want to, I want to talk about the, the, the way we have now uh, turned celebrities into demigods. And in some cases, idol gods. It depends on how you see it, your perspective. Um, so we're going to talk about that. But I, uh, I got into, I, I got into, uh, I jumped ahead of my discussion that I intended. I wanted to talk about. So I want to talk about um, a very, very dear man of God, pastor extraordinaire, preacher Paul Excellence, uh, man of God with a humble heart. And very deep soul. That is the Reverend Doctor uh, uh, C. Gardner Taylor, Gardner C. Taylor, um, who was the pastor emeritus of the um, Concord Baptist Church and uh, history maker. If you recall, during the mid '60s, um, the Baptist Church was divided. On the issue of social justice, particularly the civil rights, you had some who were engaged. That included uh, Reverend Shuttlesworth, Reverend Doctor, both Doctor King's father son, um, and so many other pastors who were engaging the the world and the country about with social justice. And then you had those who were who were really not so engaged, who just wanted to keep the status quo, didn't care about change, wasn't trying to buck the system. And in, uh, I think it was 63, somewhere in there, the historic election where Gardner C. Taylor was up for, was running against the uh, incumbent of Reverend Jones. I believe that's his name. I can't can't remember directly. But you can study the history of the National Baptist uh convention and the progressive baptist convention either way uh by some means uh the incumbent won of course 
it was an illegal it was an unfair election so uh the kings and their group walked away from the national baptist convention and held their own convention that became known as the progressive baptist convention and taylor of course was one of those who was the founder of that uh i had the opportunity to meet dr taylor several occasions and i tell you he was a wonderful man hearing him preach the way he he understood how to use the rhetorical form and how he how to to get the audience ready and and work up the audience to the climax of the of the sermon he was a master master preacher he along with Dr. Samuel Witt Proctor and um many many others uh brought black preaching into another level it took it to another level the exquisiteness of the the preached word incorporating poetry symmetry and timbre rhythm understands understanding the nuances of the human voice cadences they mastered all of that and he was one of those who did such and he passed away uh early last week uh on resurrection day as a matter of fact on sunday he passed away his legacy is one that is a great one and so we ask that you pray for him, his family, and uh, the, the church family, and others who aspire to be like him. Uh, There's a great, great, great many people who aspire to be like him. So uh, we, I had a clip that I was trying to load to play uh, of his preaching so you could get an idea of how great he was. And unfortunately, it is not playing. You know, one of those few times that it's not playing. Uh, but, well, you get the idea. So, but this place. Producer Kanye West plays this song. God show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. The Midwest is young and restless and restless Might snatch your necklace The next thing might jack your Lexus Somebody tell you who Kanye West is I walk through the valley of the shower death is Top floor, if you alone and leave you breathless Try to catch it, kinda hard getting choked by the Texas Yeah, yeah, that check the message They be asking us questions, harassing and arresting Saying we eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast, huh? Y'all eat pieces of shit. What's the basis? We ain't going nowhere but got suits and cases. A trunk full of rental car from Avis. My mama used to say only he could save us. Well, mama, I know I act the fool, but I'll be gone to November. I got to move. I hope God show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now. And I don't think there's nothing I can do now to right my wrongs. 
but I'm afraid because we all right, that played. <laughs> that is, of course, one of the biggest hits by Kanye West called Jesus Walks. And, you know, at at that time, uh, when this song came out, it was not only groundbreaking, but it was really bold. And Kanye had a different mindset, at least, you know, at least came across. And he was determined, determined to present this, his, his concept of, himself and his concept of his faith through this song and uh you know it, it raised a ra- awareness for a lot of folk it challenged a lot of folk because people didn't know what it is it a christian rap song is, is he christian what is he trying to do with it but nonetheless it 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 it, it, it chopped it topped the charts for for a long time and over the decade we've seen kanye kinda uh, morph into something <laughs> way beyond what this song implied. Matter of fact, he received, he released an album a couple of years ago titled Jesus or single Jesus. I don't know if it's a single or album. Y'all probably know better than me. I don't really listen so. But Jesus became a separate persona and Jesus gained fame and uh, many people were calling him arrogant calling him uh thinking he was a god but he wasn't the only one who did that you know uh uh Jay-Z did something very similar uh by on his uh was it blue album he had that J to the uh Hova where he was calling him Je- himself Jehovah uh anyway so Jesus has as has actually become uh, a part of culture, and because it's a part of culture, someone took it upon themselves to write or revise the Bible to reflect how the culture and modern society should see it. So, and they came up with a, a book called the Book of Jesus. And the Book of Jesus, here's the description. You can go to bookofjesus.com. dot com. And you can see, you can see, you can order for twenty dollars on Etsy uh, through the books, through the website too. Anyway, here's what the, the I got to get some new equipment. This is just ridiculous. Anyway, so what I was saying, but it says, the Book of Jesus. If the Bible, the most singularly significant publication in the ancient canon of Western tradition, were updated to reflect our modern society, what would it look like? The Book of Jesus is a creative vision bound in gold leaf etched illustrated black leather book that details the story of Genesis for the New Age. In its foreword, we explore our cultural state of religiosity and its capacity for wonder. How does spirituality and evolutionary reflex manifest in a digitized world? Why does Kanye West take such outside significance in the lives of many? The Book of Jesus is an interventionist art, coffee table novelty book that would appeal to Kanye fans everywhere and those made curious by this enormous cultural phenomenon. Now, let's make it clear. Kanye West did not write this book. Kanye West has not, as far as publicly, acknowledged or endorsed this book in any way, but 
the author of this book, who is not named, uh, is not the only thing is nobody's named, so we don't know um, who created. You have to probably have to buy the book to find. But what makes this book? What makes this book really significant is that every time the word God is used, it is replaced. Instead of using the word God, it is replaced with the word Jesus or Kanye. So it says, in the beginning, Kanye created the world. When it talks about Abraham, talks about Abraham and Kanye. Now, I, some people would say whether this is is this idolatry, a blasphemy, and part of me wants to say yes, that is idolatry and a blasphemy. But the other part of me, once you look at the how the book is uh, is is really being used, the purpose of it. Is not to uh, make Kanye into some type of demigod, but to really explore, and and this is I, this is the part I appreciate about it. Really explore how we are using cultural phenomena, you know, cultural icons. Uh, and 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 as I said, this book is made to look at Kanye, uh, really to show how some folk have an undying devotion. To him, not only that, but uh, to uh, how how our, uh, our our cultural icons shape our contemporary spiritual expression, and how we view these these new spiritual symbols. All right, I got to take a quick call, and uh, gonna get the call on the air so you get the thoughts. Go ahead, you're on the air. Yes. How you doing, Pastor Neil? Morning. Um, I think you should be careful with that book because that book has the tendency of being a cult. Cult why, why, why you say it's because of the wording of it. It's it's very I don't know the word I wanna say say. Because after you say he mentioned instead of mentioning God, he said Jesus. And then mm-hmm. they put Kanye and Jesus together. I think it's gonna be a cult thing before it's all over with. If you get what I'm saying. Well, why why do you say a cult? Because think about it. If you have um, the reason I say cult, because some religions go as far as idolizing. Um, they're gonna start idolizing. Kanye to an extent. Which well, some is, people already do that. I know, fact, some people already do that, but this is really going to bring a cult out, I believe. Th- um, think about this. Think about this. There's already uh, a an organized church of Beyonce, Church of Bay. There's an organized church for Beyonce. And although Beyonce has not endorsed it, has not, you know, she she's not... She's not emphasizing. She knows it exists because it's made in national media. And she's aware that there are people who are so starstruck by her that they see her, you know, in that in the light of a goddess. 
Yes, and that's why I say it's going to be more cold. Everybody going to have their little thing and their little way to wish it. And I believe the book is intended for people to show people more um, more about God, but they a lot of people are going to take that book around the wrong way, and it's going to become culty. To I mean, a cult it's going a cult going to be formed, in my opinion. Okay, well that's fair. You see, you see where I'm coming from? It's just mm-hmm. like okay, you have other things, other phenomena that uh, what I'm saying about cult, I mean practices like um, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show is a cult, a uh, pop cult favorite. Um, what people do on Halloween, they go to this picture show in, in New York and they show it and people dress up just like the characters. Uh, another cult favorite, um, it's a lot of, you can go back in pop history, it's a lot of cult favorites. That's what I think that book is going to be. It's going to be a cult, pop cult. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, yeah, and I do understand that, and and I think that's part of what makes this interesting, and this is part of the reason why I'm having this dialogue, because of the fact that there are those who already are doing such. You know, there are already those who are mimicking. For example, you got a cult following for Kanye's wife, Kim Kardashian. There's a guy, or I want to say in Europe somewhere, who has literally had extensive plastic surgery so that he could look like Kim Kardashian. There are others who are getting these butt injections so they can have a butt, butt like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and so, and so like, that that I mean, that that, that is happening. It's happening more now. And, and, and you know, here in the West, we've always, you know, we created a culture of uh, not just uh, celebrity recognition, but also uh, celebrity worship. Now, think about it. In the eighties and the nineties. What was uh, what was the most public figure that uh, people loved to Im- imitate? In between two of them, Michael Jackson and Prince. <laughs> Definitely Michael Michael Jackson. I I guess I give you Prince. Now it's for white folks, people imitated Prince because it was a lot of people trying to drive motorcycles and get their curls like him. Good point. Now 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 think about white folk. Who is the most most imitated uh, entertainer for white people. They got their own. You can might as well say they got their own shrine in, in Grace at Graceland. Exactly. And then they trying to. what I heard, they trying to do one for Michael Jackson, and they trying to do one for James Brown too. But <laughs> but you get what I'm, you, you see what I'm saying? Uh, our yes. cultural icons. Our cultural icons have now risen to new spiritual symbols. Mm-hmm. They are now the symbols of our emerging or evolving uh, religious expression. And in the mm-hmm. black church, and I argue this, in the black church, we have done that with the preachers. Bishop North, yes. Bishop T.D. Jakes. It's a bunch of them here. I mean, we have created something called, in our culture, called a mega church. Well, uh, uh, it's not it's not so much about mega church, uh, because there are a lot of mega churches whose pastors are not high profile. Because mega church simply means that you have more than a thousand people 
That's it. That's it. That's that. But when you talk about high-profile preachers, think about your Juanita Bynums. Think about your TDJ. Think about your Creflo Dollars. Think about your um, um, Rick Warren. And yeah, other. And on the flip side, huh? Paula, uh, what's her name? My name, I forget my last name, but I know her first name is Paula. Uh, yeah. And, and speaking about Paula White, think about the person she replaced at the church, uh, Zachary Timms. Uh, these guys, these persons are, you know, they're the church cultural icons. Uh, and think about, like, Jamal Bryant, my friend Jamal Bryant, um, the gospel singers. Like James Cleveland, uh, gospel singers like uh, Smokey. The Clark. The Clark sisters, but I'm, you know, I'm talking about, you know, more contemporary. You know, these people have been elevated, and they are now, they are like the vicars of Christianity. They are the vicars of Christ, where in Roman Catholicism, the Pope is the vicar of Christ or in place of Christ. You know he's the he's the one in place of Christ here on earth. We 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 are now you know we, we're take we're substituting we're substituting yeah. the preacher. The preachers are uh, who are am highly ambitious preachers are being substitutes for uh, 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 a an authentic spiritual uh, deity. Mm-hmm. And it's great you know. You know, we expect it in the secular world. Well, no, not, no, not people are surprised that this happened. This is happening with you know, Kanye or anything like that because we expect it in the secular world. But for someone, I hear noise. Is what? Okay. That's me. All right. That's me. But for, but for someone to, um, but for someone to, to, to take the first book of the Bible. Revise it to have uh, 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 a significant cultural revelation and relevance. is It's it's both problematic, but it's also uh, systematic of what the world is is experienced, the religious world. Because this person who did this, created this, apparently has some kind of religious insight. But again question that the, the author is asking and this is what I'm trying to trying to get you know how does this spirituality what she what this person says is a revolutionary evolutionary reflex how is it now manifested in a digitized world and why do some people see Kanye as a an outside significance what what is it about Kanye um that people are not only respecting as far as music wise but personality wise what is it Think about how Kanye presents himself. Think about how Jay-Z presents himself. What sets those two persons apart in the hip-hop community and in the, you know, the overall community that makes them, that makes people want not to just be like them, but to worship them or to hold them in some high greatest esteem. So that's the, that's the, Thank you, and thank you for the caller. Uh, thank you for for the dialogue. Now, if you want to get somebody, if anybody else wants to get in, there's plenty of ways you can do it. Three four seven two three seven five two three zero or in the chat room. Uh, hit me up on uh, on there. 
or I forgot to mention the pay- Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook, and uh, my personal email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Those are the ways that you can get your thoughts, insight, inspiration, aware on the air. But my question, and, and, and um, this, this is what, this is where I'm going with this. I'm not, I'm not saying it's blasphemous, because it's obvious that, uh, you know, anytime someone puts themselves in the position of God, either through literary form or verbally, and and you know, we got a lot of these folk who claiming to be Jesus. We 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 we. You know, for those for those who just we know got issues, problems. You know, they got some mental issues. We overlook them, but we're talking about a person like Kanye, who is very intelligent. Kanye West is a genius when it comes to the the music genre. Absolutely, a genius. He was creating beats, creating uh, rhythms, and 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 um, bass lines. That had not been heard before in the early part of this decade, uh, you know, early part of this 21st century. He was he was ahead of his time, and then when he began to rap, you know, the the way he he expressed his lyrics and the way he he again I I liken him to the same thing I said about um, Dr. Taylor. You know, he understood the cadence, he understood the flow. You know, he he wasn't rushed. He he was just you know he understood. The psyche of the listener, and so I guess that's why a lot of people are drawn to him musically. And then now, he, you know, the arrogance has been pushed. The envelope has been pushed with his arrogance, uh, you know, and especially claiming the Jesus and and all of that. The that the envelope has been pushed, but instead, you know, thirty years ago, if he had pulled stunts like this, you know, he wouldn't got the indicator to airplay. You know, in the 80s, in the 70s, you know, those cats who pushed the envelope with spirituality. Think about, think about Earth, Wind, and Fire, and um, other groups like that. The lyrics pushed the envelope with spiritual themes, and the lyrics reflected their spiritual evolution. Not all, although all of the, most of them are Christians, faith-believing Christians. Uh, matter of fact, Maurice's white Maurice White's father was a pastor. Um, you know, and they they're preachers' kids, but to hear the spirituality from their music, you know, the cosmic realm that they 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 entered in, you know, <laughs> it created a following that hasn't you know still hasn't gone. They're still going strong. Their music is reflected. Their spirituality is reflected through their music. What but what makes different here? Is that there is no direct spirituality reflected, you know, in the music of Kanye, in the music of Jay Z, in the music of others like them. There's no direct spiritual relation. It's just them proclaiming themselves. And again, when you talk, when you when you look at it from that perspective, when you look at it from that perspective, the question is only fair to ask. How is this shaping our contemporary spiritual experience? Because the church, you have pastors who are trying to buy into that niche. They're trying to find their niche in that niche. Uh, They're trying to find their role in that particular 
area and you know to exploit it and so they're building mega ministries around themselves people are falling for it and the the and and not only are they falling for it but you have a lot of those who are committed to the person and the personality rather than the creator as as Romans says there are those who are worshiping the creation instead of creator uh Romans 1 and we you know we use this scripture matter of fact let me pull that up real quick uh Romans 1 and we a lot of people quote that for one reason or another they're quoted for uh you know I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for is the is the power of salvation to all who believe the Jews first blah 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 yada 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 uh and then they also quote the um for we walk I mean for um the just shall live by faith uh but they forget in the latter part of that chapter Paul just goes off on folk and he really holds no bar you know he 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 he, he does not hold his tongue when he talks look at verse verse um in Romans chapter 1 and verse uh 23 to start 22 professing to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible god for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures therefore god gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would not be dishonored would be dishonored among them for they exchanged the truth of god for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than creator who is blessed forever amen for this reason god gave them over to degrading passions you know women for natural function which is unnatural in the same way men abandon natural function for the woman and burn in a desire toward one another men with men committing indecent acts and receiving their own persons the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God or any longer, God gave them over to the depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. They filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, their gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and all those they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death. They not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. That's that's a real hard saying, you know, real hard uh, verses to read. Because, you know, Paul is saying, well, God is all this and I'm all this and I got all this faith and all this stuff. The reality is that there are persons both into the church and out of the church, who have outright chosen, you know, be abominable. And, and while some people use particularly verses 20, um, 25, 25, 26, uh, talk about, you know, to lash out at homosexuals. Verses 28, 30, 32, which everybody fits into some degree, whether they care 
think about it or not, you know, you can't single out one verse and and, and omit the rest, you know. But 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 here's the thing. How do we how do we expand our significance? Because again, these are symbols. The cross is a symbol. The Bible is a symbol. The uh, all the things that we do in Christianity, the, the liturgy, uh, those are symbolic. They point to something else other than themselves. That's what it is. And to see uh, a book being published that is uh, deflecting, deflecting someone away from, uh, you know, God, and 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 pointing them toward a more relevant cultural significance takes away from uh, it takes away from 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 not only from from the ministry of Christ, but it takes away from the people to live in abundant life in Christ. What what do I mean by that? And if you know, if you don't agree with me, please let me know. But from from here's two two arguments that we need to address. The first argument is that uh, there will there has been and there always will be until the Lord returns. There will always be persons raising themselves above the honor of God. And even during the days of Jesus, some would consider the Pharisees that way, uh, those who were super religious, or the chief priests, the priests and the high priests in particular. Uh, but there were other messianic figures during the time of Christ who were doing something similar to what Jesus was doing, and they were all killed. They were killed, and their followers, you know, dispersed. And they will be yeah, think about here in recent history, we have we have evidence of persons who, you know, like Jim Jones, David Koresh, and so many others that we could name who who are who have exalted themselves above Christ and get people to follow them. Think about look at your local church. Think about how many people are more dedicated to the church than the ministry. That's a big difference. I'm not talking about, I, I, you know, or who are more dedicated to the pastor than the ministry. Uh, here at Jackson, we had this instant, we just had a church that is in the midst of, you know, they voted out the pastor, pastor wanted to go, and it, it too made national headlines. People were committed to something and whatever the pastor had done went against what they were committed to and so they wanted them out and then you have churches that have split i've been a part of church splits and the people agree with the pastor even when the pastor was wrong and they followed the pastor and then you have those who who would defend men and women of god who are blatantly out who could commit egregious crimes against humanity and against God's beloved, and people would defend them with a wacky scripture. I'm gonna not say wacky. That that scripture everybody loves. Touch not the anointed, and do the prophets no harm. You know, touch not God's anointed. They they fail to see that in context, but it sounds good as a defense mechanism. But we really have to look at this now. 
Now, again, going back to the intent of the author, the the author says the intent is to challenge and explore our culture, state of religiosity, and its capacity to wonder. And this is that's critical because as an academic, academic, I, I I like the idea of exploring the different phenomena. Uh, matter of fact, there's a whole realm of theology, uh, phenomenology, uh, that deals with this. And Heidegger, Heidegger, uh, Paul Tillich, uh, Heidegger, and and uh, so many others were involved in that. But they, what what failed to happen. I lost my train of thought just there. What happened was is that it has it has transcended those things. People people are searching for more than what they're experiencing in church. They're searching for more than what they experience in their everyday life. And that getaway, you know, the fact that they can have some type of spiritual experience through the music gives them an opportunity to do so, and they'll more likely fall into the corruption of saying, yeah, there is a spiritual significance to Kanye West. He is Jesus. He is this. He is all of this. That, that, that's, that's, what, that's what they are thinking. And to them, to them, this book should happen. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying God it's Kanye uh, saying Kanye instead of God. Because to them, Kanye is more relevant to their world than God. God seems to be, you know, a, a, a distant deity. Kanye is accessible. He's accessible through television, through YouTube videos, the media that continues to, to boost his ego. The relevance of them and his words, his rhetoric, is more relevant than scriptures that were, you know, words that were written down thousands of years ago that people don't barely understand, that people argue over, kill over, and have no sound defense for to some. They more rather believe in a in a Jay Z as Jehovah, Kanye as Jesus, than the characters that we put we present to them. So it is, it is what it is. But it, you know, at least it should get us thinking. It should, it should, especially preachers. It should, it should challenge us. It should challenge us to think more critically about what we believe, and not only think more critically, but present it in a way that's relevant without without disconnecting it from its sacredness. And, you know, I know uh, Lecrae, uh, who is a gospel hip-hop artist who won stellar awards, and, and matter of fact, tomorrow he'll be on Good Morning America. And, you know, he's a mainstream rapper who isn't afraid to admit that he's Christian and his lyrics mention Christian, you know, a Christian lyrics. Uh, think about you know Kurt Franklin or Mary Mary. These are contemporary uh, 
artists who who have some way found a way to gauge their 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 ministry, I guess you could say. I, I question it sometimes, but gauge their ministry by the the their 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 audience, their fans. And, and, and you know, they have a reality television Mary Mary in particular has a reality television show. And you see just as much drama, just like it preachers of LA, just like it preachers of Detroit, you see the drama and to, to those people who watch that, that is the rel- you know, that's more relevant than going to church on a Sunday morning, sitting for about two hours, seeing a choir sing and hearing a preacher, you know, preach. They'd rather see people who, you know, just like them, they ain't all the way saved. What is one of them that got one of those sisters, Mary Mary sisters, wrote a song or sang a song or sings a song, says, I need just a little more Jesus <laughs> to help me along the way. And I'm like, that is the most unscriptural song <laughs> that there is, but it's popular. It is so popular. And it's because it's catchy, you know, I need just a little more Jesus. But that's who they connect with. And when you're talking about this convergence of relevancy and 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 and, and spirituality, this, this this is where we are. This is this is where we are. That convergence. Where does that convergence happen? How can we maximize it to take away the sting of the carnality? The carnality of it is what's messing everybody up. The carnality of it. The world part, you know, the worldly part, as the old folks used to say, the worldly part of it is what's messing people up. How can you differentiate the two? And that's the challenge. You know, and, and the author here is presenting this, this book of Jesus, this book of Jesus as a means to do that. You know, he, he's calling it a Bible for the modern day. Of course, it's not a Bible. It cannot replace the Bible. And there are many, and even when you look at the transver- you know, versions of, of all of this, you know, cannot replace the 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 Holy Script. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. That's a whole different argument. And we'll probably talk about it another time. Uh, I'm running out of time, and I'm, I'm ranting. But my whole point is, my whole point is this. If we are to have an authentic dialogue with those who are straddling the fence, I guess you could say. Straddling the fence between being spiritual and being relevant. Those artists who do that in the gospel arena, those artists who do that in the secular arena, those preachers who do that, those individuals who do that, if we are to really, really uh, take away, to differentiate that, we have to say that it should always fall back to the Creator, and not saying that one thing is a sin and another thing is not a sin, because that won't get us anywhere. We know that from experience. That won't get us anywhere. But we have got, we've really got to be honest and say there is a disconnect. And that's how things like this happen. This is how books like this, even though if it's just a novelty book, this is how things like this happen. And this is what we must, this is what we must, as pastors, 
We must be really, really, really engaged. And being engaged doesn't mean that you got to. And you, I, I consider myself an engaged pastor, but I'm the most conservative pastor. Yet I'm open. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm a tradition. I like stuff being the same. You know, I, I'll add. I, I, you won't see me adding too much, but I understand. Also, I must be engaged. So, yeah, I listen to contemporary music, you know, I try to keep up to date on what the world is playing, keep an ear to it, not so much so I can bring into my sermon and have a catchy, you know, catchy sermon for the young people. No, because honestly, I'm not going to be able to connect with them. I've never really fully connected with young people, you know. Uh, <laughs> I do an amazing job teaching it now and then, but, uh, you know, I'm not those pastors, one of those preachers that try to be relevant. You're not going to really catch me Preaching in jeans and t-shirt, you know, you're lucky if you keep me preaching in jeans. I mean, slacks and a polo shirt. <laughs> but I understand relevance. Being relevant does not mean imitating. Being relevant means finding that space of convergence. Where does the faith of one converges with the 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 life? You know, one's faith and one's life, where does that converge? And how do I, as a pastor, take that that convergent experience and not make it an idolatrous one? That's a challenge. How do you tell one person, like, like Paul wrote, you are to be in the world but not of the world? How do you do that as a pastor? How do I do that as a pastor? How do I make... The word, the word of God, the gospel of Christ, relevant without altering it, not adding or taking away from it, but allowing a convergence of the word and the life of the individual. The word of God and the life of the individual to empower them to know that, yes, you, you, you who were dead in sins have now been quickened by the spirit of God. So you no longer have to be this way, but you know it's, uh, it's so much I can say about that. Anyway, I I run out of time. I wish I had more time to talk about this, and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you to go out and buy the book. If you're a Kanye fan, you want to buy the book. It says for the table, you know, it's a novelty book, so I I don't take it seriously. But what I do think you should do, it, and what I want to do, is uh, expand our conversation. You know, how do you be, how is how are the people that you 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 really admire? How much are they really affecting you spiritually? That goes with the preachers, that goes with the actors, that goes with the singers, that goes with even you know your the local people, you know politicians, you know all of this. How are they really impacting your spirituality? And are you? finding a way to allow that convergence between your faith and your life to happen without it overwhelming you and you you know just withdrawing from it altogether are you find if you're struggling with with trying to find the relevance trying to find trying to stay connected to the world as some people do i i me personally i don't care you know i don't care if i miss i don't miss much i really don't 
you know, not really much good stuff on television. It's all drama just about. The real life dramas uh, uh, <laughs> get more ratings than the scripted dramas. But that's not even there. Anyway, I got to get out of here. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we, we, you know, we try and challenge you, and we again, it's all about liberation and empowerment. And we, I thank God every time I get a chance to do this. So, if you have any questions or comments, uh, shoot them over to the Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook, or my personal email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail dot com, and uh, or hit me up on Twitter. However you want to do it, we we appreciate you listening to the show. We got hopefully we'll come back next week with uh, some more great stuff because there's always some good stuff happening, and we want to make sure that we get you out there. Uh, but anyway. Uh, tell a friend about the show uh, if because we, we try to do the best we can with the show we're on every week and if you missed any archive show simply go to uh, to the Zero Today um, blogtalkradio.com slash Zero Today you catch up all the archive shows that we've been doing also visit my page LorenzoTNeal.com and you catch up on some good articles read some good articles and probably have something up about this topic here and all the good things. But we appreciate everything that you do for us. Uh, you can support us simply by going to LorenzoNeal.com and, you know, uh, make a donation. However you much you give, you can help us. And we're trying to keep the show going. We appreciate everything that you do to help us go. And we appreciate it all. So we're going to get out of here. And we just thank you. Until uh, next week. And the Lord says the same. We have another great time. This is Pastor Lorenzo Neal, And I'm out. God bless you.